This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You had to know that when Wingstop set out to make a crispy, juicy chicken sandwich, they wouldn't make it in just one flavor. They'd make it in all 12. Like lemon pepper, mango habanero, hickory smoked barbecue, and OG hot. So why have one new favorite chicken sandwich when you can have 12? Try the new sauced and tossed Wingstop chicken sandwich today for only $5.49 at Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Valid for a limited time and available at participating Wingstop locations only while supplies last. Price subject to applicable taxes and fees. You're listening to the West AMY podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West AMY podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWHU employee. Realistically, our dreams of Champions League football next season seems to have come to an end, but European qualification is still very much on the cards. However, our recent form has made it tight now, and there is a lot of pressure on the last two games. With four points from the last five games, what are the chances of not qualifying for Europe? And should that be the case, would this season still be classed as a success? X will be giving us the latest news before we end the show with questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. X, after last night, that's four points from a possible 15. That result seems to have divided the fans, with some feeling deflated and some still feeling positive. How do you feel at the moment? I'm a little bit in the middle, to be honest with you, because mm. like the thing is, I I really wanted us to get Champions League, obviously, like everyone did, and it it really was something that I just thought I would never see as a West Ham fan. Now I know mathematically we can still get it, but I think the chances are next to zero of us doing that. I mean, we're even uh, at the moment, at, like sitting in seventh place or out of the Europa League spots at the moment. Although as we go to air, I don't know if you've seen, but um, Sheffield United are beating Everton. 
which is a bit of a random. I response. didn't know that actually. Yeah, wow. Which will really, which will really help us. I, I, did you take it? I take it. You saw it happen in the Liverpool game, mate. Do you know what? I've been off the radar all day, so I okay. don't know what's going on. Well, I'll tell me... a lie. I know Tottenham won, but that's yeah. all I know. Okay, so Liverpool were losing to West Brom. Um, West Brom were 1-0 up, then it went one all, and I didn't see the goal, but I think West Brom scored again, but it was ruled out wrongly for VAR, and then there was four minutes of extra time given, and then Alisson, the Liverpool keeper, scored a header in the 95th Fuck, minute. you're having a laugh, and you? No, no. <laughs> Isn't that just like, so the West Ham way, way of not <sighs> to qualify Snipe. for Europe with an opposition keeper scoring ahead but I've been thinking about it. I'm not even sure Liverpool winning was that bad a result because ultimately we're not I don't think we're going to get fourth we we need to go for either fifth or sixth now and the good thing is is that Leicester still have something to play for now they might not qualify for the Champions League so they might have to beat Tottenham which we need them to do so that we finish above Tottenham so it's all sort of swings around about but anyway to go back to the original question I, I am slightly disappointed because I think had we just been able to sort of you know get a bit more than four points as as is obvious but looking at league table we would have had such a good chance in the Champions League and I don't think we're ever going to get a better chance so part of me is disappointed that we've kind of stumbled at the last hurdle but I understand why we have and the, the bottom line is we just didn't have the squad depth and we didn't strengthen in January and when we got injured injuries sorry play we didn't have the squad to replace them and now players are looking tired but then on the flip side when I try and think realistically that we are technically still in the Champions League um, with a week to go of the season. If we, As long as we finish in a European spot now, people are very mixed on whether that's a good thing or not. But as long as we finish, I guess, seventh or above, then the objective of getting into Europe in a season after a relegation battle has been achieved. And yes, it will be disappointing compared to the Champions League spot, but it will still be massively better than anyone anticipated. You know, we thought it'd be in a relegation battle, probably again, or at best, a mid-table. So... I kind of mixed minds. I'm disappointed that we've kind of thrown it away a little bit. I understand why we have, but disappointed that we have nonetheless. But when I reflect on the season as a whole, it's still a good season. Yeah, interesting. I mean, I very much agree. I'm split at the moment too. I genuinely think it's been an incredible season so far and I'm really proud of the players and the manager. Really proud. But if we don't qualify for Europe this season, for me, and I'm just being honest, it'll be an anti-climax. And to be clear, if we finish eighth, it's been a very successful season and we've come a long way under David Moyes. But if we finish eighth, we've got nothing to show for it. And that's a disappointment because we deserve more than that, you know? And, And when it comes to Champions League qualification... Yes, we've been there or thereabouts, which is an incredible achievement in itself. But for me, that was always a bit of a pipe dream. I never actually expected us to do that. But I do expect us to qualify for Europe. I, I, I'd be more than happy with a conference league, by the way. Yeah. Just a European tour in whatever form. But if we finish eighth, obviously we don't get there. And there is a chance we can finish eighth because it's it's tight. It's going to go down to the wire. Yeah. And, and if it, we do finish there, then I, I've got to be honest, I'll be disappointed. Not to the point where some fans on social media are saying the, the, the side of bottle jobs and we've fucked it and all that. You know, I don't have an ounce of aggression in me when I think about West Ham because, right. you know what, if results haven't gone our way, it's not for the want of trying. Yeah. And any West Ham fan out there will tell you, you will as well, X, if you give 100% and it don't go your way, we can accept that. And we've seen that at times this season and such is life, you know, but 
I just think we deserve more. We, the season we've had, we deserve a European tour out of this. And I do think we will get one and we'll come to that a little bit later on. But let's talk about the game against Brighton. How do you feel about the performance and the result? Uh, a bit disappointed, really. I mean, I think we were the better team. I think we should, I think we, on the balance of play, probably should have won it. But it just seemed an, a bit lethargic. I thought the, the, at times the players were really quite slow on the ball. You know, I was watching them and I was just kept saying, push on, push on, push on, quicker, quicker. And I felt, found myself saying that a lot, which made me think, like, why was this lack of urgency there? But I think, like I said, I think it was due to tiredness. And, but even though when we were, when it was one all, and, you know, we're looking, I know it wasn't long left, but we're looking to try and get a winner, the ball goes behind and Fabianski's taking ages to take the goal kick. And then, and then mm. it goes to our centre backs and they're passing it around themselves. And I'm thinking, what on earth? are you doing here it's almost like what Bobby Gould said on our our last guest interview you know where where he said that there's no urgency to attack and I just didn't understand it last few minutes lump everyone up there and just hoof it and try and get us something out of nothing and it it, it just really disappointed me I felt like they just didn't have the urgency and you could but you could see when there was a corner you know you looked at the players faces like Rice and some of the others they were fucking puffing like anything mate you know you can tell how knackered they were and I just think we've been undone by squad death or I don't even know if it's squad death but a reluctance of Moyes to rely on other players that aren't sort of in that first kind of 15 names for example I mean towards the end of that game we were we needed something different up front and the only thing we could do and obviously it paid off but was to bring Ben Rama on you know the other options were maybe bring Yarmolenko on maybe bring Odebeku but those two options Yarmolenko's tried and not really done a huge amount and Odebeku just doesn't Moyes just doesn't seem to really rate you enough to do that so the fact that in January we let Allaire go now everyone knows what I felt about him but with hindsight I'd rather have kept Allaire uh, and then then sign nobody then have then um then let him go and not sign anybody you know I'd mm-hmm. ra- I'd much rather have kept him and yes I found him frustrating and yes I don't think he was a long-term solution at West Ham but I'd rather have some kind of option than what we had now and I just feel unfortunately the squad depth and the lack particularly in the forward position has probably cost us what could have been a Champions League chance mm. yep again I agree mate I think we're starting to get a bit burnt out mm. now, definitely. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it might have been on last week's show when you said that we don't seem to have a don't. plan B. Um, that was evident again last night. I don't know why players like Odebeke were on the bench exactly. if they're not going to be used, to be honest. It doesn't really make much sense to me. So we did look tired. It does look like the season is getting hold of us a little bit now. Um, generally speaking, I, I didn't think we were that no. bad, to be honest. I think we had a series of harsh chances that we didn't take. For nows, I think, having the majority of them. Um, well, I actually thought we did all right last night. I think their goal was a good one. Good movement from Welbeck. Bit of a question mark over Shufal for me because I think he looked to play play him offside and mistimed it. Dawson did um, as well. But again, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, again, yeah, I think across the board, just a little bit of frustration with our defence again there really, mm. wasn't it? Um, but again, it's just that bit of quality in the final third that was lacking last night against a team that really should be there for the taking. I mean, we always seem to struggle against Brighton for some yeah. reason, but they haven't had a great season and they also had nothing to play for. So I can't say I'm happy with that result, to be honest with you. We really needed to win that. And it's disappointing that we didn't. But one positive 
was a first goal for Ben Rama. And what a goal it was, by the way. It was good to see him get off the mark, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what he needed. I mean, I think now because he scored that goal, the only change I would make for the West Brom game is to bring him in and maybe drop Bowen. I mean, you could possibly argue that Lingard needs maybe a rest because he's been quite ineffective in the last couple of games. But I, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would do that. I just don't think I'd be... I think I still hope that he's got that spark still in him. So I think it, for me, the only change would be bowing uh, out and Ben Rama in and let and reward him for that goal. I mean, it was a great finish. Um, I think that's exactly what he needed, a goal to sort of kick on now. And I think you've got to give him the next two games and hope that he can build on it and then go into the new season with a bit more confidence. Because, you know, like we said, like, I he's definitely had potential. He's definitely got the ability to really change games. And I think long-term he could arguably be our best player like alongside the likes of Declan, but obviously different types of players, but they, but, but I think he has to unleash that potential. I would say his season's been about, you know, six strokes, seven out of 10 so far, but that's not for me, not thinking he's a good player. I think he is a good player. I just don't think he's maybe had the opportunities and maybe had the confidence, but hopefully this goal will kickstart that for him. And I think he has to play against West Brom now. I really do. Yeah. I mean, despite the fact that our last two games are very winnable, our form has made the table tight now. Um, Tottenham and Everton are breathing down our necks. Um, again, I, I haven't really taken much notice of what's happened today. But when you look at Tottenham, they've got Villa at home and Leicester away. I uh, can see them beating Villa and potentially losing to Leicester, to be quite honest. And Everton have Wolves at home and Man City away. And again, I can see them only getting three points there, which means if we win our last two games, then we should do it. How confident are you? about getting a finish in the top seven? Um, top seven, yes. I mean, ideally, I think we need to be going for top six because I'd rather be in the Europa League than the Europa Conference League. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd take the Conference League, but I'd much rather be in the Europa League. So I think we've got to aim for sixth. Uh, I mean, really, on paper, we should be beating those two teams. But then I said that about Brighton. You know, Brighton had a lot of players out. And yes, they are a bogey team, but they still we still didn't get a result there um, when we should have really. And I think, you know, you say West Brom, we should beat them, but then they nearly, nearly got a result against Liverpool today. So they're not, they're obviously, Allardyce has managed to keep them sort of still fighting and stuff, despite them being relegated. And obviously Allardyce would love to get one over on West Ham, I'd imagine. So they're going to be tricky games. They, They are, and... I don't know, mate. I just I usually go into these games. I was buzzing, but I just don't know if we're too. I don't know if we're fatigued now. I don't know. Mm. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if Allardyce parked the bus for the majority of the game and played for a point. To be honest, because he knows how damaging that would be to us, and for that reason, I think it's going to be tough. Um, but given what's at stake, I still fancy a win now. You know, either way, it's going to go to the last day, isn't it? And um, to put a positive spin on it. The fact that we're talking about taking European qualification to the final day does show yeah, how far we've come. And that's when, when you sort of reflect. So when you go on your sort of gut reaction to the Brighton game, of course you're disappointed and you're you're annoyed, and you kind of think, "What could have been?" You know, I I tweeted something along the lines of. 
you know, still a great season, but if only we'd strengthened in January, what could what could this season have been type thing? And yes, we've got unlucky along the way. There's been some dodgy VAR decisions, some dodgy red cards, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think we should have we should have played a bit better in some of these games towards the end. Massive loss of not having rice. Massive. Um mm-hmm. I said it at the time that it was affecting everything. Um and yes, he came back for Brighton. And yes, I think we played better, but he wasn't on peak peak condition I don't think and he I'd still say he's one of our best players but I don't think he was on top of his game um and he'd probably be the first to admit that but it's just um I just think injuries to him and Antonio and Ogbonna sort of derailed us a little bit and uh, and yeah but if you reflect and you look back if we can get into a, Euro- a Europa League or a conference league then that is a really really good season a million times better than 99% of West Ham fans would have thought it would have been Oh, 100%. Uh, when you think about the potential of not making the top seven or even the top six, like you say, are you then saying that you're purely putting that at the feet of the board? Not purely at the board, because I think, you know, some certain players' performances deteriorated a little bit and you know, the board can't be blamed for that. But you could argue their performance deteriorated because they didn't they played too many games or they didn't have the competition in the squad. I, I do think when you're going in January, when we sold a letter, and I know they said we signed Lingard to be a sort of alternative forward as well, but... <laughs> He isn't a forward. Why do we keep having to have alternative forwards as players that aren't forwards? You know, our last three, our last two decent forwards have been wingers converted to forwards. Um, and and you know, and I just wish we'd got someone, even if we'd got you know someone on loan and they weren't even that good, just to have a potential option from the bench. You know, someone that like maybe was out of favour somewhere or you know was looking to come to England for the first time. You know, you could have got someone that. Would have at least had more of an impact than Odubeku. It's not Odubeku's fault, but he's not been played. If we'd got someone in that could have at least done something, like even if they didn't score, you know, just working the line or at least knowing how to play as a forward, it, it would have been better. You know, you, there's no there's no excuse for it. When we sold a lair, you know, we really should have brought someone in then. We really should have. We we sold so many players and didn't really replace them. You know, and then and then we ended up sticking two goalkeepers on the bench for the majority of the season and, mm. and it's just things like that you just think had we been in January and thought you know what we're in a great position here the other clubs around us the so-called big six and so on are not are not in top form you know this is a this is a chance for us if we just put even 20 million mate even if we just spent the Hilaire money you know if, if we just spent that money on getting even a loan deal or one signing or something like that, it would have put us in a better position. Um, and we didn't. And you just have to question what the ambition is. I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me. And this is just my opinion. So please don't, please don't quote me on sites and websites and stuff. It is my opinion. Disclaimer. Um, I think that the board might not even want us to get into the Europa League because of all the travelling and the, the impacts it could have on our squad and things like that. And I, it just worries me that we have that sort of lack of ambition, really. Well, it was a theory around that, wasn't there, when we played Astragogo. And there was a lot of whispers going around. At the time, many thought it was ridiculous. But it, it started to gather a little bit of momentum in a sense that, not that we deliberately lost it, but 
didn't really care that much if we wasn't to progress in the competition. Do you think on the back of what you've just said, there's any legs in that? Quite possibly. I mean, the thing is, we're, you know, we're, we're, when the chairman goes on national radio and talks about how the next round of the um, Carabao Cup, or whatever it's called now, is going to cost us £20,000 in travelling or something, then you have to question what the ambitions were. You know, mm. when I've been told about contracts and stuff, you know, again, this is all sort of opinion, not factual, but when I've been told about players' contracts, the bonuses for winning the likes of that competition or of the FA Cup and stuff are so minimal that the actual bonus of winning them is apparently less than what the actual weekly wage is of some of the players. And when you think of it wow. like that, that kind of shows you the sort of ambition of the club. And please, I don't want to be quoted on this. I get a bit fed up with being quoted on everything I say. That is an opinion that isn't a factual bit of news, but it's what I have heard that that is the case. And if that is true, and that's the key thing, if that is true, that puts the emphasis on nothing but the Premier League, you know? And and that's that's if that's the case, then West Ham are never going to get in the Champions League, really. This was our chance this year, and we did take it and we're not going to do it in other years and I just don't know what we're playing for if that's the case do you know what I mean like, mm. I kind of think what are we doing are we if we're not into win the FA Cup we're not into win the League Cup we're not bothered by the Europa League is our is our motivation just finish as high at the league as possible or is our motivation yeah. quite simply don't get relegated and if that's the case mm. then then we need more ambitious chairman yeah, well, that's always been my biggest gripe. You know, I, I, it's driven me mad how we go into the League Cup and don't take it seriously. Yeah. You know, in recent seasons, we've got into the later stages of that competition, fielding kids and fringe players. Fucking why? Mm. Why Why do it to the fans more than anyone else? You know, you've got fans travelling to these games and we're not taking it seriously. It's a kick in the bollocks to the fans that have travelled there that night to see us potentially get to a semi-final. And I'll give you the Arsenal quarter-final in the League Cup as a prime example of that. What a carve-up that yeah. was. And, you know, in the FA Cup, you know, okay, we have a crack at it, but we haven't won it since 1980. So you can't pin your hopes on that. We're not going to win the league. And Champions League, all right, you get the odd freakish season where we're sniffing about. But realistically, is it going to happen? Probably not. Not definitely not, but probably not. So what are you left with? And whilst, you know, the Premier League is the best league in the world and you're proud that your football team is part of it and to potentially finish the sixth or seventh best team, in the best league on the planet carries a lot of weight. Fucking hell, at what point are we actually going to look forward to winning something yeah. or enjoying something different in terms of a European tour for the first time in our lives, X? Because we wasn't alive the last time we won a trophy or competed on a, a, a bigger stage than the Premier League. No, exactly. And I mean, the thing is, like, I mean, obviously there was a few European tours that we were alive for, but we were pretty, we went out early rounds in those, didn't we? And we never yeah. got a chance to go any, think beyond, I think Palmeiro was probably the most glamorous game we've ever had abroad. Maybe mm. Stout Bucharest in our lifetimes, but it wasn't, you know, that was a long time ago. Like the, th the thing is, like, what I, what I don't sort of understand really, and I, and I don't, want to seem like I'm moaning those because like I said it's a great season overall it's a you know it's been a much better than I thought but football itself I, I'll try so I, first of all I didn't know it was the FA Cup final this weekend I kind of began to mm. get a whiff of it on like Thursday Friday when Chelsea weren't playing and Leicester weren't playing I was like well who are they playing then and I started, and I started to think well, they must be doing they must be playing at some point and then I, I heard someone 
talk about whether you would I saw on Twitter a random comment that all Londoners should support Chelsea in the cup final which is such a like dating opinion I remember my grandparents <laughs> telling me that I remember that my grandparents say whenever you know a London team played like I know a northern team in the cup final all Londoners should support the London team and it's quite a know a sweet thought but that's not it's not applicable to modern day rivalries and things like that i'd much rather leicester won it than chelsea i'd much rather tottenham didn't win it i certainly wouldn't want Millwall to win it you know arsenal it would depend who they were playing but but i wouldn't want a london team to win it over a irrelevant northern team but but the the bottom line is i realized it was the fa cup on saturday i was like all right it's the fa cup and i thought right i probably should watch it you know it's the fa cup final so i put it on i literally put it on when i abide with me was playing I thought oh you know what I'm glad I've watched this because that song always makes me feel a bit emotional and stuff and then the, the national anthem it was good to see fans back at the game too and I, <clears throat> I watched about 20 minutes of it and I was starting to get bored look at my phone then my son came in and wanted to kick the football around so I started doing that and then it was dinner time and I didn't even watch the rest of it I saw the goal I literally turned it on with about a minute to go of the game and I saw the goal at the end and I saw the celebrations um and that was it. And I was just kind of like, well, that's another mm. FA Cup done. And I was mm. trying to think about it. I can't remember who won the FA. I think Man City have won a few, but I was trying to think about the last three or four Cup finals, five or six Cup finals. And I could barely remember them. But in the 80s I could pre- and, the, uh, and the 90s, I could pretty much tell you who had won the Cup in those decades. And I thought to myself, this just really sums up how crap football has got recently. Mm. And then today, the Liverpool game, you know, another VAR thing that's apparently, I haven't seen it so I don't know the, tr- the true details of it but it's gone the wrong way to a big team again and I just think oh my god what is this all about I just don't, don't know if I enjoy it anymore mate I just don't know what's mm. happening I don't know if I'm just bitter and stuff but uh mm. no you know. I, I make you right again you know I think the FA Cup is one prime example of how the game's dead now because you know I'm sure you were the same X Back in the day when it was magic, the FA yeah, Cup, magic, and that's what right. it was. It was magic at the yeah. old Wembley. Fucking hell, I'm pretty sure footage started at about nine, ten o'clock. It did for a three o'clock kickoff. It did, it did. And you I, I, the whole day, wouldn't you? Yeah, and I remember, like you know, the, that I always used to like the bit where you got to meet the team, so to speak, and the captain or somebody would talk about the players and tell you little sort of side stories about them and stuff, and you'd get to know yeah. them a bit. And there was always like they'd go around the town and of the where the club was from and they'd meet all the sort of local residents and just doesn't mean the same thing anymore now and it's just it's just sad really that my my son you know is gonna grow up and this is gonna be what his experience of football is it's no way near as good as what mine was growing up no it's true it's true and I often think sometimes I think we discussed this on a previous show as well about my girls only one of them experienced Upton Park and if you if you think too deeply about it it is sad to think that you know my other girl or anyone's kids won't experience Upton Park but you know what at the same time you're grieving for yourself really because what you've never had you've never missed so unless you've experienced it you don't know what you're missing and for this generation coming through now it's, it's going to be about the London Stadium. So that kind of, in a weird way, gives me a little bit of comfort to know that they're not actually hurting about Upton Park. Yeah. It's just us, isn't it? Us yeah. old boys now. Um, no, that's very true. But do you know what? I know this was said a lot on social media, and I'm only really mirroring what I've seen, but I felt it myself. 
I was so pleased that Leicester won that yeah. FA Cup final. And when you look at them as a football club, I think really they're the poster boys in this division for how you run a football club correctly. And, and do you know what? I just watched the chairman of Leicester. I mean, how, how many times must he have thought about his yeah. dad that day, especially when they won it? And I just think, fucking hell, the players, they've got a togetherness. And then when they demanded that he came down from upstairs to join the celebrations on the pitch, and they made sure that he raised that cup above his head. And I think they even threw him up in the air a few times. I mean, fucking hell. Can you imagine them doing that to David Sullivan? If you threw that cunt up, you end up on the moon. He only weighs about four pounds, doesn't he? Um, you know, but you just, you just can't see it happening. But with Leicester, you know, they've got that togetherness. The football club is run right. The fans love the owners. Um, they've invested loads of money in their infrastructure. They've got a great... Uh, scouting network, I believe. I think a very good manager. And the players that they lost after winning the league, they've replaced. And you just look at them and you think, God, oh, that is a proper... But, uh, 100%. And exactly that. I mean, you know, they bought Mahrez for like, I think it was about three quarters of a million or something and then sold him for like 57, 60 million. You know, Kante, they bought for five million, sold him for like 35 million. You know, and then they replaced, you know, Drinkwell, who they sold probably, don't know how much he was, but about 30 million. But, uh, Drinkwell. Yeah, no, Drinkwater, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> drink Classic ex Drinkwell yeah. used to play for... Norwich or somebody didn't they drink or because they like Kevin Drinkle or something you're not, you're not getting mixed up between Cantwell and probably Drinkle, but uh, Kevin, Kevin Drinkwell <laughs> used to Drinkle something like that he used to be a footballer definitely he used to play for Norwich and Coventry City or somebody so it's probably a combination of about five different people's names but uh, yeah Drinkwater uh, which is actually quite an easy name to remember really a bit disappointing there. Uh, you know, they, <laughs> they sold him for a lot of money and then they replaced him with that Chenemans or whatever his name is and who scored the winning goal and looked a quality player and throughout their team they mm. replace the players they sell or that retire or whatever with, with good players but even little things right like the, those chairmen that have done you know they've like I think one game they put um, put beer token underneath everyone's uh, or drinks token under everyone's um, seat and the, and the fans could just go down to the to the bar and get themselves a free drink you know yes that probably cost a fair amount you know if you've got 30,000 fans and you say a drink costs a Fiverr or whatever you're talking like 150,000 or whatever spent on drinks and stuff but that that little token there goes so far mm-hmm. and I think you know one game they put like a scarf on everyone's chair and stuff and it just you know if you're a kid and you've never been to a football game before and you go to your first game and then you know on the on the seat you've got your scarf and you keep that forever that almost cements you as a Leicester City fan for the rest of your life you know and and it's little mm-hmm. things like that that they do so well as well that we would never think of doing and like the way they sort of like you said they've invested in the training ground there was a picture on social media that compared our two training grounds it was laughable the the difference between them and you know they got themselves good manager they've got like you know players that seem to respect everyone at the club and you know Leicester are like you said the prime example of how a football club should be run but then you look at other clubs you know you look at Norwich City for example they've kept everything sort of in the community they they don't spend much money in terms of they don't get when they were in the Premier League last year they didn't go to town and spend a load of money they built the squad to be like they say in the top 25 teams in the country so they know they're either going to be in the Premier League or not because they know they're within their means and they've got such a community feel you know Norwich is 
just such the heart of their of that city that and everything is sort of through the club and everyone's likes the club and there's such a nice positive feeling about the club and it's like the same for many other teams but for us it's just that the the, the board just haven't been able to do that you know they've just not tried to do those things unfortunately and and you know they've got succession planning Leicester you know they they when they know a player's being sold they've got an immediate replacement for them you know they managed to sign that centre back for Fana and he looks really really good player you know they beat us to signing him um you know the guy the guy that you know Vardy you know they got him from non-league you know Ian Acho they sort of stuck with him for like two years of not really doing much and you know he's proven to be a decent player now and I just think yeah, you look at them and you just think, oh, look, look what, if only they'd, those tie owners had taken over us and where would we be now? Mm. On the other hand, Leicester are on a really good thing, a really good thing, but it's not as if there are Leicesters all over the place and we're thinking, fucking hell, like we're, we're one of a select few that have no time for our owners. I think oh, no, Leicester no, no. are really a bit of a rare breed, to be honest with you, in terms of the relationship that the players and the fans have with their owners. So I can't tell you how many football clubs even come close to Leicester, really. But I do also think that that is where we should strive to be because I, I just admire their togetherness. You know, at West Ham... Certainly amongst the fans, we haven't had togetherness for years and it's heartbreaking, really. You know, we, we call ourselves a family and I think social media has been a poison to that family now for a long time. Mm. And I just think if just imagine a, a scenario where the fans loved the owners and the fans loved the players, loved the manager, loved each other. And we were marching forward as one army and enjoying some really good times at West Ham. I just envy Leicester fans because they've got it. They're there, you know. Mm, mm, do you, I mean, do you think if we'd stayed at Upton Park, we would have been? We would have been slightly different. Do you think it's the stadium move that's the most significant change? Because the thing, the thing with the stadium move is that so many of us, myself included, were actually for that move. You know, and yes, we didn't. I think we bought into the lies, maybe, or the or the the false promises as such as to what it would be like. But would, would is is it the stadium move that's the main thing? Because if it is, you know, Leicester have moved stadiums, Southampton have moved stadiums. You know, that's they're two clubs that are well run. Um, you know, Arsenal, you wouldn't say they're well run, but they've moved stadiums. Even Spurs to an extent, Man City. You know, lots of clubs have, but for us, the stadium move. I guess it's to what the stadium was, but the stadium move is possibly the thing that's kind of killed us. Killed I think that I think that was the definitely most. the most significant thing. I mean, first and foremost, I don't think they helped themselves in the sense that before any of this, I think fans look at them as not the most likable people on the planet. So, yeah. I mean, even the industries that they made their money. Well, in, yeah, I mean, look, I, I I don't agree with that personally. Look, at the end of the day, if you're going to make a pound eight, make a pound no. Everything was made legally. So it's oh, not, yeah, I'm not saying that made their money as fucking drug dealers, is it? I know people turn their noses up, but at the end of the day, you know, it's got them in a position where they own West Ham. And if some of that money goes on signing a player that you fall in love with, I can sleep easy at night, you know? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm not saying I think that. I'm just saying no. that. No, but you're right. They do get scrutinised for that. And, and I'm just saying I don't agree with that, you know? And, and let's not forget, David Sullivan in particular, that was one element of his wealth. If you look at his wealth across the board, he's got his fingers in a lot of different pies. You know, a lot of different pies that are completely and utterly legitimate and you wouldn't frown upon it. So he is a, 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 
a very successful businessman outside of the porn industry, should we say. Um, I don't know so much about David Gold's background, but look, who gives a fuck? You know, they're there and that's the way it is. But certainly the stadium move was the most significant because of the digital images that were shown to us because of David Gold standing up to Park saying on record and fucking hold my hands in my head when I hear him say this, we cannot move to the London Stadium unless the distance is the same here. So it got everyone excited because naturally you're listening to these words and you're thinking, well, there's no way they'd publicly say these things if it wasn't true. And actually, from what we've heard, this stadium sounds the bollocks. And all right, it's been a long time since we've won anything or kicked on and really gone to the next level. So if this stadium is going to be part of getting us there as much as we miss Upton Park I'll go along with it now not everyone was saying that me and you were ex you know you weren't on your own I was with you 100% you know that I think that it was the best for the football club but the problem is when you reference a lot of these other football clubs like the Leicester move like the Southampton move like anyone really Arsenal Man City um they moved into what you would call a football stadium, whereas West Ham Stadium now is often referred to as an athletic stadium because it was designed primarily for athletics. So, you, you know, a big part of athletics is the the, um, the racetrack. So it, it, it felt like we'd left Upton Park and gone into a stadium where we wasn't on top of the players. And if you talk to any player from the 80s, for example, they'll tell you that to play in front of that chicken run, players used to take fucking throw-ins and get offered sweets by the fans. That's how close they were. Mm. And that was a big part of why our players fell in love with West Ham and it's why other players from other teams hated playing at West Ham. So we'd lost that part of our identity by going there. And then obviously when we were there, the very least we expected was to enjoy some really lucrative transfer windows where we'd start seeing these superstars coming through and be kicked onto the next level. And it never really happened. It threatened to happen under Pellegrini, but it never really happened. And now we're in a position where through David Moyes and great recruitment and a good solid group of 11 players there starting, we've had a fantastic season and we could qualify for Europe. But if on the back of that, then they don't, invest like they should do and build off the back of that then that's just going to get everyone's backs up again and I just think so much water's gone under the bridge too much for me and I just don't think they're ever going to get it back with West Ham fans I really don't sad because I want everyone to be happy but that's not a real world is it unfortunately mm, yeah it's it's, it's going to take a lot to get us back to where we were because even a semi-decent season like this has really well not semi-decent a decent season like this has caused a lot of you know, divide as well. So it's just it's going to take consistent amount of seasons. Um, being fighting for Europeans top competition before anything changes, I think. Mm. So as that is good news is it's the ninety third minute and it's still Everton nil Sheffield United one. Wow! Um, so that is a massive result if that stays. And the, and the guy that scored the goal is a seventeen year old called Jebison who's ne- who's made his debut. I think. And scored um scored what appears to be the winner. So that is gonna and that's all that's at Everton as well, that game. So what that does to the league table is we're seventh on joint points with Spurs. We're 59 with three points above Everton um, and four above Arsenal. That uh, They're the only teams that can realistically catch us. I mean, Leeds can, but they're six goal difference. So I guess they could if they won both and and we um we uh lost both, although I think they're probably playing someone that is in that mix anyway. Um so realistically, 
We this complete. Oh, there you go. It's finished. Sheffield United's finished. Oh, thank God for so that. So that's a massive wow. result. That massive, massive. result. Massive. So that means so that means that we should, as long as we win one of our games, because we've got a much better goal difference than Everton as well. So as long as we win one of our games left now, we should get. Um, we will get European football next year. Wow. I can't get over that. That is incredible. Sheffield United going to Everton and winning. That's massive. Especially, massive especially for them as well. I bet, when, I bet when, Ancelotti is fucking fuming. Exactly. Especially as um, you know, Sheffield United hate us as well. Yeah, you I know. know the whole Tevez stuff. So yeah. you know that's a that's a massive a massive boost, and it, it means that we are going to certainly just one win from them. We're basically going to get European football. I think. Wow. Wow, incredible. It's a funny old game, as I say, isn't it? Funny yeah, exactly. Okay, so we have some news for you in relation to the West Ham Way Premier League predictions competition. Unfortunately, and this is incredibly frustrating, the company that hosts this competition for us, called Scourgeous, have fucked up big time and somehow managed to completely crash every single league they manage, wiping everyone's data in the process. So this means we have to end the season now. So after week 35, basically, whilst X desperately and pathetically tries to claim that the season should be void because he was about fucking 400 points behind me. I wasn't that far behind. I was catching up. (laughs) You fucking wasn't. No fucking way. Mate, I am not having this. I had a really really good week this week. Uh, All the predictions that I put (laughs) in were coming in. a lie. I am not having this. You know what? If this would have happened, if this would have happened after, say, week 16, I wouldn't have had an argument. But to think there's two games left now and you're trying to claim that the season should be void because you could have potentially clawed those 400 oh, points not back. Not potentially, I was going to. Oh, it's is that actually, right? It's actually, actually <laughs> taken away what would have been a monumentous achievement. So well, I'm actually gutted. I've got to say, and this is an official statement, so you can't argue with this, the logical thing to do with just two games left is to end it now. Oh. And th- there is, however, some good news to come from this. The first is that I am now officially the reigning undisputed champion. No, of the that's not years being running. confirmed. No, there's no way. No, so, these are the rules, mate. These are the rules. Uh, right, who? We, uh, you cannot mate, argue this at I, all. I, mate, I know, own this game more than you do. I was the one that introduced <laughs> you to this. So, so how comes you suddenly are the official rule maker? So are, are uh, you, so are you telling me, seriously, hand on heart, right, that after week 36, this scenario's happened, that actually, I wasn't going to say this, I'm convinced you're fucking something to do with, by the way, because well, of how many points you what, were behind my, me. The fact that I can't even turn on a computer, I can somehow crash websites. Well, tell that to the police, phone. mate, because it's with them now. It's with them. This has been officially reported, and I want them to look into this. Uh, I think you've been hacking recently to try and cause an upset here, um, because I know the fault of me potentially winning this competition two years running was was hurting. Um, and I, I think it makes me the undisputed champion mate i don't no. think it's up for argument no, no, mate. Well, i'll tell you what let me flip this on its head right and i'm asking you to answer this question with your hand on your heart with pure honesty right say it was the other way around and i was 400 points behind you with two games left would you be saying that the season should be void um, I think I would see what was the most fair outcome, and the most fair outcome is for it to be void. The thing, the thing is, no, <laughs> oh, we've you're got such we've a got, liar. We've got two games left. Then to make it <laughs> to make it really fair, I think we should almost just go on these last two game weeks. Okay, so wipe the slate, sleeve. Say I was. Oh yeah, you'd like that, wouldn't you? Go with the last two game weeks, but the bottom line is. 
the season's void. You've won one score prediction. I've won the fantasy football. In fact, we've actually got two leagues in the fantasy football, so I've won both of those. So technically, I'm actually 2 1 up now. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal, right? I pulled out of the fantasy. This is what makes me laugh about you, right? I pulled out of the fantasy football league after about six weeks, yet that's not void. After six fucking so weeks, that still, still stands still. Yeah, but no, I, I haven't. I don't play it. I haven't played it for fucking since week six. Yeah, but that was because. So for me, and I said to you on a previous show, I'm going to give you the win. It's like I, I don't give a shit about fantasy football. Never have done. Never will do. You can have the win. So how is that okay? Anyway, because I would have won it anyway. Yeah, well, yeah, but see, I'm saying I'd, I'd have won this anyway. But there's more facts behind this because you're 400 points behind. What you were never behind? ever. You were. I, I tell you what. More realistically, you were a solid, solid 370 odd points. That's no, a fact. Not after this week, mate. When I called, what um, do you mean not after uh, this week? You don't well, know what my predictions. I do. Are. I do. There's no way that you called <laughs> Sheffield United to beat Everton one 0 Oh, and you did, did you? Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, funny. Funny how you can't prove that because the fucking servers are down. You're such a shit house, honestly. I swear to God. You're not having this fucking voice. This is so no funny. Way. Like, the thing is, am I going to go 36 fucking weeks <laughs> playing this fucking competition for you to basically call a void on all I, of that? I, I, didn't like, no I didn't crash the server. I didn't crash the server. I am innocent <laughs> in all of this. I had every chance of catching you up. Yes, it was slim. It was very, very hard to do so. But, but, but I believe in miracles. <laughs> and a miracle was happened tonight. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, yeah it is a and, fucking uh, miracle. I don't know how you've managed this. And, uh, See, when I saw the news, I was fucking furious. And I bet you were fucking rubbing your hands together. You, you couldn't believe your luck. <laughs> part of me that did find it amusing i'm not gonna lie but um, <laughs> whilst it's not great for our reputation to have a game that's just completely <laughs> before two two weeks before the end of the season so in that respect i'm absolutely gutted and i am very very sorry for those of you that were doing so well this has happened it was believe it or not despite the rumors nothing to do with dave and i however on the on the on the flip side all the stick i've taken this year there is always even if he claims it to be the win this year there's always going to be that slight little catalyst or whatever the word is, like slight uh, little fucking claws or whatever you call it, that, <laughs> that the season wasn't completed. So he won it once <laughs> in lockdown and twice. And, and then and then the other one, the season wasn't completed. The real, the real fun starts next season when it's full fans, normal season, no cutting three weeks, four weeks off the end of the season. And actually we play from start to finish. Well, see, whilst I don't agree with a fucking word you've just said, I'm happy to almost take that on the chin that it's been a challenging couple of seasons for anyone playing this game. If you are prepared to agree in front of everyone now that it's only right with only two weeks left of the season and the massive well, gap that was between four. us. No, it was, technically, it was technically four because we actually missed, we missed, the, it was the game week 30, it was game week thirty. Four that it went wrong, so it went wrong. Not this one now. It went the one before. So yeah, but, there's, but then there's two you, more you, left. But so then if you if you go weeks. against yeah, but then if you go against averages, I can't actually remember when I started to overtake you in this league. It was fucking early doors, and the history books show that more often than not, and, and I mean a hell of a lot more often than not, I was beating you week after week. So those last four weeks, it probably would have fucking extended to more like five hundred points. So anyway, well done me because I've won two years in a row. God, so what a fucking anticlimax this celebration is. <laughs>
fucking hell. Do you know, I had so much planned. I was going to play championes and everything on week 38. I'm so fucking pissed off about I've never been so fucking angry after winning something in my life. It's because you know you didn't win. That's I the fucking, I'm telling you now I won. I'm going to throw this fucking laptop against the fucking wall in a minute. Right, anyway, not that I no longer give a fuck, but we've retrieved a screenshot of the top five as it stood before the crash happened, and that top five will be taken as a final standings. X fucking ironically is okay with that, but not on our own competition. So, on next week's show, we'll announce who the top five are and what they have won in terms of prizes. Right, but but in all seriousness, sex, all jokes aside, we are sorry to cut this short. Oh but yeah, this was out of our hands, and we've yeah, been definitely. reassured that this won't happen again. So we'll continue this competition again next season. But we're, we're it's all fair and square. That's normal. <laughs> fa- fa- fans involved, normal football. Here we so, come. So then, so, but then you you've on numerous occasions told me that you think you're actually doing very well in this competition. That you're in the top twenty percent. Yeah, despite so, the, the circumstances. Yeah. Oh, so so it hasn't impacted you that much then. It has because I should be top. I'm should be beating me, but he should be top. He should mate, be beating mate, I'm everyone. Mate, I'm XWHU employee. I know what the score is before it's even happened. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> it was a normal Clearly game. Not. Uh, I'm still convinced that you've fucking hacked this site and you crashed it, mate. It's the only fucking reason I can put behind it because it's probably never happened in the company's history. Mate, it hasn't, mate. I've been playing the game for about 20 years um, and, it's never, and it's never crashed. It's never crashed. So I don't know why it happened this year. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know funny about that. It's okay because competition ain't void, so I'm not that bothered. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> In other news, as announced on last week's show, subject to a disaster, assuming X won't fuck this up for us as well, <laughs> we will be coming back to Las Vegas in August hey, for an American West Ham way of it. we're talking. Exactly. To once again bring all the American West Ham fans together for a good old knees up, as well as watching a live game together, like we did in 2019. We'll also be recording a live podcast with an audience again, so it's going to be great. The boys from the West Ham Way USA podcast should be there too, so exciting times ahead. And do you know what? After the absolute shit show we've all experienced over the past couple of years if you fancy treating yourself to a cheeky trip to vegas wherever you are then you can register your interest at www.westhamwayusa.com that's www.westhamwayusa.com we really hope you can join us can I right. just tell a story about that though, about Vegas, just to just to sum up, because it is related to the Premier League predictions a little bit, right? I think I've told this story before, but if you want to go to Vegas, people, we will have an amazing time. It will be brilliant. But what you've got to do is you've got to bet alongside Dave, just follow his lead for everything. At first, I didn't realize this, and I sort of did my own thing, but I realized <laughs> that luck literally sits on this guy's shoulders. So we we're together. Fucking coming from you, who's managed yeah. to fucking cancel the fucking Premier League predictions competition at week fucking yeah, 36. Which claiming, luck is in your corner, which mate. you're claiming the victory for. So it's a pointless me doing that, wasn't it? I mean, uh, well, you're agreeing to that victory, are you? Well, not really, but I don't have much <laughs> you're, you're, you're bigger and more aggressive than me, but um, <laughs> the, the, the thing is, like, so I, I think we've told the story before, but in a nutshell, I'm talking to Dave, we're at a roulette wheel, he picks, he's going to scatter gun and pick a few colours, and then he usually like throws a, a dollar on, say, like 10 different reds and blacks on the, on the roulette wheel, I'm talking to him, and he gets distracted, and then uh, puts it all down on one number by mistake, 
what do you think happens next, people? Oh, X, I can't believe it. You've put me off. This is so unfair. You wanker, you've wasted all my money. You know, my kids aren't going to get presents this year because of you. You tosser, you tosser, you fucking wanker. Ding. What comes up? The one number on the whole fucking wheel that he's put everything on. Ding. Comes up. Boom. Yeah. And then he goes. Yeah, it's fucking, it was unbelievable. Do you know what? I even remember it now because I think it was... I think it was Red 30 from mm. memory because I think it was Antonio's number because he is 30 for West Ham. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was, and I was putting a, a dollar on each number. And like you say, I think he was in my ear about something. And I accidentally, I think, put $10 on 30. And I think it's something like a, I don't know, 35 to one um, shot if you get that in the roulette. So I ended up winning about three and a half hundred quid out of that, which was amazing. But then don't forget what happened after that. I fucking walked out like P Diddy, didn't I? Fucking Conor McGregor walking out the fucking casino and then come across your poor man's fucking 50 cent in the street. Do you remember that? Brilliant. Brilliant. Fucking what a cunt I made myself there. Fuck me. I mean, I'm buzzing. I'm on top of the world. I'm sure most people have heard this story, but X is secretly fucking like, ruin the fact that I've had so much fucking luck and I'm just smiling from ear to ear and I'm doing a Conor McGregor walk down the fucking strip and I come across this poor man's 50 cent holding a, a, a selection of CDs and he's, he said to me, I've got to tell the story again in case people haven't heard it, but he said to me Hey man, he said, you know, I'm I'm just uh, I'm just hustling here on the street. I'm the next up and coming thing. You know, you're gonna see me everywhere one day. You know, I believe in myself. I've got my shit together. I spit some serious sick bars and all that crap. And uh, and he said, I just wanted to know if, if I could give you one of my CDs in exchange of just a small donation. So I'm fucking me. I'm like Donald Trump now, and I'm fucking red thirty with. So I said, yeah, of course you can, mate. No problem at all. So. I've given him a $10 tip, which I thought was pretty, pretty fair, pretty generous. Anyway, this fucking geezer, I mean, you thought he'd won a lottery. He's gone to me, oh my God, man, you're something special. Wow, God must have sent you here today. And I'm fucking hell. I've looked at you and I fucking, we've had a bit of a smile with each other. And uh, he said, wow, you're incredible. I can't thank you enough. I said, it's all right, mate. Don't worry about it. No big deal. Anyway, fucking hell. I've literally managed to get myself out of his clutches because he's bear hugging the shit out of me. And as me and X are walking away, he <laughs> has gone to me, what the fuck are you doing? I said, what? He said, you've just given him $100. I said, what? He said, you've just given him $100. I said, fuck off, I give him 100 He said, mate, I've just seen you give it to him. I said, mate, I meant to give him $10 fucking dollars. And I don't know if, if how many of these listeners have been to America, but fuck me, their money's like Monopoly money, honestly. It all looks the fucking same. So then I've got the awkward <laughs> fucking thing about going back to him now and asking for my hundred dollars back. And, but, and at this point, just to make it worse, he's got the fucking rest of uh, fucking 50 cent with him now. And he's got a fucking entourage around him now. I don't know where all this lot of fucking come from. He's plucked him out of thin air. So now I've not only got, got to go up to one fucking badass gangster rapper, I've got to go up to about seven of the guys and ask hundred dollars back. So I fucking capped me in hand. I've, I've said to him, he's turned around and gone, hey, man, how you doing? I'm like, yeah, hey, I said, no, I've got to tell you. I said, uh, there's been a right fuck up on my part here. So he said, what's, what's up? I said, that $100 I gave you. He said, yeah, man, thanks so much. I said, mate, I said, I dropped a bollock here. I said, that should have been $10. Well, I, fuck, I fucked up. And you could see for a split second, he was thinking about whether to lie about $100. And in the end. I think he was going to run, mate. I honestly looked. I don't think there was a, yeah, a real, yeah, real, oh, real mate, One thing's for sure. I wouldn't have fucking caught him. <laughs> no. And um, 
and uh, and mate, it was a fucking most awkward thing because <laughs> he'd given me this hundred dollars and it was like one of them. You know where you pull it and he pulls it back and you pull it and he pulls it back. <laughs> yeah. It's one of them. But the worst thing about it was he he got the right socks about it and he fucking pulled his CD out of me hand as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure was... he signed that Dave as he well. He did, he did. So, so there's someone out there with a signed Dave. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you um you did get a cd though i think you got two didn't you and we and we listened to it in the hotel didn't we from memory i did get two yeah because yeah. Uh, obviously after just receiving a hundred dollars which is probably more than he'd make <laughs> in a year on that strip trying to fucking flog his moody cds i thought he, he thought it was only right to give me two so he took one back that was the one that was signed to dave and he let me keep the blank copy so oh he's a fucking share of shit but you knew that from the start didn't you you know, it's going to be pony, wasn't it? But um, I just wanted to do something nice for someone. He's got well, ten dollars out of it, for fuck's sake. Exactly. And the thing is, though, it was just—it was just the, the walk of shame you had. Oh, it's horrible. It was horrible. And do you know what? I lost my mojo then as well. Like literally, like after that happened, I was like, I've gone from feeling. Uh, I felt like I'd fucking lost a tenner and found a quid. Then do you know what I mean? Like I could just see he was dead behind the eyes after I took that one. I was back so and, surprised they didn't put. A cap in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> fucking hell, mate. Honestly, I, I've, re- I've really thought so. I thought the rest of the fucking Wu Tang Clan would have done, to be honest, because they were giving me daggers as well. Do you remember how hot, how hot it was that day as well? Which I think yeah. might have added to the stress of, of the situation because, from memory, it seemed to be like I mean, it was fucking baking. We were in Vegas oh, the whole mate, time, but but I seemed to think it was like 110. I don't even think I'm exaggerating or something like that. Anyway, or 43 or 44, whatever that translates as. And um, I just remember like like beads of sweat coming down us anyway. And I just yeah. remember when you walked away from them, it was like an absolute water trench like wreck. <laughs> this, this stereotypical like fucking fat Brit abroad fucking taking my hundred dollars back. He must have thought you fucking lie me fucker. It's um, alright, it's alright, mate. He's got on to have many number ones in, in the US in the, lot, yeah, uh, in the last couple exactly. of years. He's forgotten all, all about, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fucking hell. But, oh, mate, that was unbelievable. But to talk about how hot it was out there in August, and I don't want to put people off if you don't like the heat, but I must also be honest with you, if you're going to come out there in August with us, it is hot. I mean, X ain't exaggerating. We we actually, we walked down the strip one day, and we, I don't know if you remember this, X, we popped into this shop to buy an ice cold, and I do, I do mean it was ice cold bottle of water. Mm. By the time we got to the end of the strip, the bottle was warm. Yeah. And you're talking just, just under 10 minutes? Mate, it's ridiculous. I remember like when we got off the plane and we met John Black for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Just that's literally, right. Just the heat of like, it almost felt, I remember we were in a, once we went from the hotel, uh, from the airport to the hotel uh, to the car park, and I remember thinking that the car park had its heaters on or something like, like <laughs> thinking like, why have they got heaters on in the bloody sunshine? Because it was like, it was like, it was just literally ridiculously hot, wasn't it? Yeah, just, um, yeah, it was such a trip. But for years, I actually like that. I know yeah, uh, maybe yeah. maybe it's because like you know we don't get it in England, and yeah, it's a little bit unpleasant at times being that hot. But when you're around the pool and stuff like that, remember that time when we went to the hotel pool and we were just like. Standing in the pool, chatting, and yeah. just and they had the sun beaming down, and just looking around us. And yeah, yeah that, I, I, don't like know if you, I don't know if you remember. 
as well. That was a bit of a weird one as well, wasn't it? When we was in Nepal and uh, probably everyone around us was asking themselves the same question that people always do when we're together swimming abroad. Are those two a couple? And obviously they'd be thinking, <laughs> fucking hell, Mate, the, the little fella's done well for himself, if they are. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the little surprise the little fella could walk. You said when we're swimming around together, as, as we often do, I mean, how many times have we, have we, <laughs> have we swam around together? <laughs> yeah. Well, what we do, to be fair, mate, you know, I, I can count, you know, oh, granted on one hand, the amount of uh, swims that we have had together. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, whilst they're enjoyable, there is an element of, of being a little bit uncomfortable when <laughs> everyone else is doing the same with their missus or a group of birds. And there's fucking me and you doing a breaststroke together out to the sunset. Um, but don't you remember when we was in that pole, that fucking bird? Uh, she must be Mexican or something. There's about three or four birds that come up to us. They went to me, didn't they? You're next to me. And they said, are you Pablo? Oh yeah, yeah. What, what you remember? I do. Yeah. What happened? Did What was that all about? I don't know because I said, uh, I said, and then she said it in a really sinister way, and I said, <laughs> no, no, I said, I'm not, I'm not Pablo. Fuck that. <laughs> uh, and then she just turned away and walked away, and I thought, God, imagine if I'd have said, yes, I am Pablo. Oh, Fuck I, knows I, what would have happened to me exactly, then. Exactly, mate. I'd love to know what would have happened. Jackie would have been shot. Probably, shat- mate. It, it, shot- was, it was going that way. It had that sort of feel about it. Shot or shagged, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or shagged then shot. I don't know. It's, uh, it's starting to work out, isn't it? And, and, and in that context, who fancies getting fingered? Because <laughs> I was going to say that time one, again. Well, there was one. There's one other swimming story as well. Slight that was relatively amusing. Was it? So though? we're putting the finger in on hold for a minute. Are yeah, we? We're holding for fingering just for one more swimming story. I think. Um, okay. where, do, you, do you remember when we were in Ibiza that time and we were like just like, <laughs> just ch- chilling in the in the sun there in the, in the sea? I wasn't going to uh, I wasn't going to say this, but yeah, this is a funny one. <laughs> and then uh, like just talking about life, reflecting upon the night before. You know, your usual sort of post like date night out. My B for sessions, and uh, yeah, you tell it better than me or Barrett's stories than I am. Well, do you know what? I think it's one of those stories where you had to be there, yeah, probably. But I, I just smile when I recount this because <laughs> I was there, and I'll tell you what, fucking was I doubled up laughing when it happened <laughs> because we was in the sea again, one of having one of our fucking you know, our little breaststrokes out to the sunset, <laughs> and I remember. Uh, we were both standing up in the sea. So it was about waist high on me, neck high on X. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and I had my back to the beach and X was facing the beach. And I remember, I, I, think, I think what had happened X is you'd, you'd spotted some salt on the beach. And I think you was, you was saying, oh, fucking hell, have a look at that. Sounds, sounds right. about right. Yeah. And, he was, and he was getting himself excited, right? But as he's saying it, it's the weirdest thing, you know, even when I look at it now, because... <laughs> He can't see what's behind him, and neither can I unless I turn round. But as he's telling me about this salty scene on the beach, what can only be described, right? I'm not exaggerating, as a fucking mini tsunami is coming towards a fucking bear of us, right? I don't know what happened. I don't know how waves typically work, but this fucking came from nowhere, right? Well, mate, it was, not, it was so weird because the water was so calm, wasn't it? Like, everything was so calm and relaxed. Like, there's no, I mean. no indication that yeah. this could happen. I don't know if this fucking speedboat on steroids had caused it or what, but this fucking wave was massive. And X don't know it's coming, but I do, right? So I'm starting to back off shitting myself and he's still talking about this fucking bird and the next thing you know this fucking wave has just completely taken
taken him. I mean, it, it demolished you, hasn't it? It, it sent me flying. Or he's doing fucking somersaults <laughs> under there. In the end, I'll fucking just look him around to see where he is. And in the end, he's come up, going, <laughs> <laughs> Mate, oh, I'm not, not going to lie. Hell. I'm not going to lie. I reckon I was underwater for maybe what, <laughs> five seconds, maybe something like that. And, the, and those five seconds, I genuinely thought I was going to die because you, because you, you got to think, I didn't know what had happened. Like, there was no, there was no, there was no knowledge on my part what had caused it. So all of a sudden, oh, I'm like flapping around. Know. I'm flapping around underwater, not being able to stand up either because the water, the wave had obviously caused the water to be <laughs> so deep for that time. So I'm like getting thrown around everywhere. I'm thinking, what has happened? I'm literally going to die. I'm going to die. And then when I've managed to sort of <laughs> gain some kind of balance and foothold on the on the beach and stuff, I was like, what just happened? And it never happened again, did it? It was just a one-off way. Yeah, I, I can't explain it. So it, it's the only the only way you'd appreciate it is if you were there and saw it. It was the strangest fucking thing. And I'll tell you what, I bet you've never lost a hard on so quick in your fucking life. Have you? <laughs> Mate, it was my hard on that saved me. Like it, 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 it pinned into the sand and lifted me up. I was lucky. I thought I saw this fucking helmet popping above sea level every now and then. I was like, what the fuck's that? Oh, actually, there's a fucking buoyancy aid for you. If I if, if I had, if I'd been about two inches smaller, I reckon I'd be dead. You know, seriously. I, thank God for the fifteen inches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but fuck me, that was so funny. So now we do accidentally find ourselves fucking getting up to some capers when we're away wherever we are so hopefully we'll see more of them in august but good times ahead and, I, and let's be honest we could all do with a fucking teaspoon of good times at the moment couldn't we so Dodger. yeah so uh roll on august and like i say subject to a disaster i.e the goalpost being changed again by the prime minister uh, subject to that happening we'll be out there and, and we hope you can make it too but should we get back to the fingering x yeah that's there, like a lot of people want to be fingered at the moment I know. i've got a whole list of them waiting for me to do it unfortunately Good. But, yeah. okay so this week we're going to be selecting four patrons not three but four to win the following prizes. So the first one is a West Ham shirt signed by Sir Jeff Hurst. I don't know if you know the year of that, X, do you? Uh, no. I've, I've seen the picture of it. I'm guessing it's like, it's a it's your classic retro one, like your claret and blue, probably from the 60s. I, I don't know exact era though, but it's, it, it's proper smart though. Perfect. Okay. Uh, a £50 club voucher, a copy of the Goodbye Ginger event with signed photo. And thanks to our friends at Hammers Chat, we also have a Declan Rice T-shirt to give away too. So some nice prizes there. Um, X's I've done plenty of times in the past. I'll tell you to stop at which point you will tell us the name that you've landed on. So are you ready, mate? Are we going for fourth place to first? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. Do that. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So this is for the Declan Rice T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Stop. Get very far with that one, and that is why we've come up on a B. And this guy is uh Spencer Branton. Spencer Brilliant. Branton wins the Hammers chat, Declan Rice t shirt. Good stuff, good stuff. Well done, Spencer. Brilliant, right? Okay, so let's move on to a copy of the Goodbye Ginger event, which is exclusive, by the way. Only our competition winners have had access to this, and it is well worth a look. It's really, really good. And like I say, it's exclusive, so it ain't out there in a the public domain. Just competition winners have won it, and it's well worth a watch. So you're going to win that and a signed photo of the man himself. So 
I'm when you're ready, back. X. Well, I'm going to go back, 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 back ways on this fingering. So, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you said that a few times. <laughs> when, when you're swimming, mate. <laughs> That's probably what calls the wave. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> God, as the literally thing I would want to do least one, especially as I know what goes out of that. You know, <laughs> I literally, I would literally have to be paid millions. millions Fucking hell, it'll be a new strain of something. When I think COVID's bad, see what fucking stems from the back of my fucking arsehole. Honestly, COVID's gonna have nothing on that. COVID, um, yeah, COVID 19, code Code red, red. yeah, Yeah, code red, code red 19, yeah. Oh, god, right, okay, let's do it. Stop. Oh, I love it when I land on names like this, ones that I can read. <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> Tony, Tony Wright. Tony Wright has won that one. Ah, oh, good, beautiful British name, Tony. Yeah, good stuff. It. Okay, mate, good stuff. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Um, that's yours. So well worth a watch, mate. And the sign photo is uh, going to be on its way as well. So this is for the fifty-pound club voucher. Okay, you ready, X? Yeah. Stop. Right, uh, sh- this must be a nickname. Uh, so I don't know if it's initials or actually pronounce it, but it's D L H Dan. So that might be Dula Dan or D L H Dan. Or probably probably D L H Dan. I reckon. So, uh, so yeah, him. He's one. D L H Dan. Brilliant. I'm sure yeah. we'll be able to uh, track him down on Patreon. So that's. Uh, yeah. That's good. Okay, brilliant. Well done. I'm assuming your name's Dan. So well done, Dan. The £50 club voucher is yours. And now for the signed West Ham shirt by Jeff Hurst. So, X, you ready? Yeah. Okay. Stop. Okay, this is John Lime. John Lime. How are you spelling the surname, mate? Uh, it might be Leem, but it's L as John's J O N, and then Lime is L Y M E. Brilliant. Lime, Lime, something like that. Yeah, I'd add that as Lime, actually. John Lime. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Well done, John. So you've won the West Ham shirt signed by Sir Jeff Hurst. Excellent. Good stuff. So well done to all the competition winners. Uh, we'll be in touch with you for your address details to get those out to you. Uh, and obviously for the Goodbye Ginger event, your email address as well. So well done to you guys. And of course, we'll be running this again in June because we do this every single month. So well done for this month. And we'll do it again next month. Okay, when he's not campaigning to have this season's predictions league void so he can save some face, he's actually busy getting some news for everyone. So let's see what he has to say this week. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way podcast, Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise and behind the scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. 
Custom Ink is an awesome way to recognize employees, thank customers, and outfit your teams with their favorite products and brands customized with your logo. CustomInk.com lets you make your mark on water bottles, backpacks, polos, jackets, and a ton more. Custom Ink is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Oh yeah, and everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at CustomInk.com. Switching and saving with GEICO is easy, so you're free to ponder life's big questions. Like, why do people say it goes without saying and then say it anyway? I mean, if it really goes without saying, you should instead not say it and just give a knowing look? Well, folks, it goes without saying. Uh, what does? The thing that I'm not going to say. Okay. Switch and save with GEICO. It's easier than you think. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.